TFON podcast here for season four, episode 11. Here with my main man, the Bearcat legend, my OG, Dan Sellers. How you doing today, Dan? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, trying to just trying to, to, to really grasp what's really going on in this program and uh, trying not to overreact to certain things. And but at the same point, just just being a realist, uh, just facing reality, man. This, this guy, he's, he's not doing a good job. You know, you can say the team isn't great and all that stuff, which they're not, but they're they're easily uh, two or three games uh, win, uh, wins um, better than what they're playing right now. And I believe chiefly it's because guys just not making any adjustments during the game. Um, uh, he's not putting his players in the best position to to succeed offensively nor defensively i think the reason why they're just not getting blown out is because they're so talented on that front line that um you know they make plays when they need to make plays but um it's just bad man and i'm not one of these guys that want to fire a coach first year and all that stuff because they have a losing season i wasn't doing that when fickle was in his first year I might have been doing that on Tuberville's first year because it was kind of similar um, in terms of the intensity of the game plan and and the uh, flexibility and making adjustments throughout the game. Just just not there. I mean, it continues in game six or seven. I can't even tell you game seven to you know portray this guy as a back as a uh, a backpedaling. A straight drop back quarterback. I mean, he started the game doing some misdirections and getting him out on the edge, and I was really uh, encouraged by that. But it seemed uh, as soon as you know they, you know, started, they got into the game and got into a little bit of trouble. It was the, the straight drop back quarterback type of deal. And to be honest, we just don't have the receivers to do that and uh, throw on time. These guys are not open when they come out of the breaks. And, um, uh, you know, and that's a big problem. So um, that's kind of where I am, man. Just, you know, that's where I'm going to start off. I'm going to make my bed. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. So my first question to you would be, I'm not going to hit Oklahoma State yet. All right. the ba- Even though they lost to Baylor, it was the fifth loss in a row. What positives did you see out of that game? 288 yards of rushing. 288. 300 yards of rushing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the next closest amount was at BYU, another game they controlled. I'm sorry, Miami of Ohio, a game that they – yeah. So that right there tells me that's the hardest thing to do in football is to impose your will on somebody, especially for 300 yards. You took 300 yards from them. I mean, you went forward more times than not because you willed that. And so that right there is, uh, to me, you know, the biggest telltale sign. If you can can run for – 300 yards, you should win that game. You should win it pretty easily, actually. But um, he's he's not 
calling plays, uh, at least offensively, to flow with with the running game that you're having success with. And I've been saying it every week, play action, you know, and when they do do play action, it's, it's no real long, drawn-out, handoff fake, and he's just sticking it out there and doesn't look like play action. You're not holding anybody. So, um, you know, you got to you, – your team is what is what it is. You got the quarterback that you have. You have the receivers you have. You have the running backs. I don't. I don't see us having great receivers right now. I mean, we got some big old guys running around out there, but they're just not getting separation. And teams are not afraid to play man to man against us. So we're not seeing a lot of zone. So, you know, if you're seeing a lot of man to man, then you're going to see those tight ends get open over the middle um, with play action. Are you going to see, you know? Um, the, the, the path, the RPO action having success. I don't see any of that being mixed in. It seems like he starts off like they started off the game, a lot of edge stuff, and it looked good. But it seemed like he got scared when they got down in the red zone areas and went back to the same old straight drop back pass, guys going out, and, and they're not getting separation. So, you know, there's got to be some kind of misdirection and trickery to get these guys, these big guys open. Because this guy, this kid can't, he's not threading needle, you know, um, you know, like like some of the court, the, the, you know, the top quarterbacks at this point. So yeah. so that's that's my thing. So I understand. Yeah. yeah, I feel um yeah, I feel like the misdirection for sure, bootlegs, you gotta get him on the edge. I feel like like you said, like he's it's too much great drop back. That's not his wheelhouse. I feel like he was getting – he caught his flow a little bit, especially the early drives, hitting the edges where he had a chance to run and the throw was kind of like boom. One thing that I saw that I was kind of like scratching my head about and I forgot to ask that in the presser was they did a, a few – they did a few screen passes, but they did a lot of screens to like the, the short side of the field. Right. And I was like – it was like – you know, like – you don't have any space, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you don't have any space, and you got the you got the sidelines of defender, and then you got the short side of the field. So it's like you're helping that team flow. Unless you're unless you break it across the grain, you're not gonna get nothing off of it. Unless you just got the exception. We don't have the exception player either. It's not like you're throwing it out to Randy Moss Jr. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's not that's not it. It's not it's not Jerry Rice out there. So it's like right. um I feel like a couple of plays were good plays, but it was a, a, at to the short side. And I was like, it just was, I don't think that was the right. I would have ran it to the other side and seen what was going to happen. Get a kid more space. I think it was a play that the kid, somebody shook somebody. Is that the right game? Shook somebody, but the person was right there. So he got like two or three yards, but I think it was on the other side. He, he would have had more room to be quick. You know what I mean? I think we got more yards out of it, but um, that's what I was seeing. Um, like you said, I think it was a lot of drop back, and I just think he's better on the move if that's what we're going to roll with. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're going to roll with Emory on that. Um, I think you got to get him on the move so he can possibly, if he, you know, turn water into wine if he can't make the throw. Because it's not like you said, it's not like he's just going back there on the back of his drop, just just killing, shredding people up. That's just that's just not what's been happening. I mean, um, take it for what it's worth. But I think when he's on the edge – he does make positive plays. 
I think that's I mean, I feel like he did he looked solid on the edge um on Saturday, uh, for sure, at least a few times right. they do it. So I think that's that's the ticket to success. I think they have to use Shaman Mateer, who's the tight end um seven. I feel like he's the one guy that gives you a mismatch, but they do have to use him in the middle of the field. Um yeah. the middle of the field, they don't use the middle of the field enough. They did it a little bit on Saturday, but I feel like the middle of the field has to be used. I feel like it's all on the sidelines. I don't really see many drag routes. Um bunch, yeah. I think like bunch like combo routes, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, where um where you can kind of maybe you got somebody in the, you know, in a diamond type set over there, and then you got the guy dragging where he you causing chaos. Really don't see that. Um, and I mean I, I probably could look back and see, but I just off the initial look, I'm not seeing that. But I definitely think the middle of the field should be used, especially when you got a kid as talented Mateer, um, who's actually been one of the guys that's been flashing the last few weeks. So that's like bittersweet. But I think he's the one that you kind of have to make them adjust to him because he's a big kid that if you miss, he can he can run a little bit. Um, and for that size, but 6'5", 240, 250, um, mm-hmm. then you just got to try to get him to rock and then get those running backs the ball um, as much as you can. I feel like Kiner had another strong game. And then uh, Miles Montgomery, he had a heck of a game. Um, yeah, touchdown right. was all him. You know what I mean? Like he made the kid miss in the backfield and spent out and got got there. Um, something you know, the dude that's been flashing and he just it was like the first game that he's popped a big one, which I knew he had that talent. It was good to see him actually be able to do it. But um, I think they're a good combination of thunder and lightning. Um, kind of just a grinder. Like he's not going to go eighty yards, but he he's going to go thirty five. He might go fifty. Yeah. You know what I mean? 60 on the right lane he might not go hey that's cool but he's gonna run hard and if you run him enough i feel like about a fourth quarter he's gonna he's gonna break a couple that you're gonna be like damn because you're so tired of tackling him right you know what I'm saying? Right. he's one of those guys you're gonna get tired of tackling i feel like montgomery is the opposite so then he's gonna hit one occasionally and i think they gotta stick with that and i think they have to you know get you know emory on the corner yeah for sure like they gotta get on the edge man and I think they and my thing is don't have them roll to the short side. It makes it it's too easy because you're cutting right. out the field anyways when you do do it, and you make it these kids. It's D one. It's not D two. It's not whatever. You know what I mean? They're, they're talented people. No matter what, they they got scholarships too. You go to the short side, it's, it's too easy. If I'm in a zone, especially I'm in man, and the linebackers flow right, it, it just it's just too easy, man. Going to the short, roll to the to the long side. Emory's normally good about, you know, getting a few positive yards, even if his stuff breaks down. I say rock with that and keep pushing. But that that's that's my take on it, man. I know I got a little long with it. Normally I'm supposed to be nah. just t- teeing it off for you, but that's just that's what I saw. No, nah, you're nah, you're 100 right. I think the same thing. I mean, uh, I've I've never seen a run to the boundaries work consistently and i see it all the time as coaches think i don't know what i all my life i'm like why the hell do they run a sweep to the boundary i can see yeah. it off tackles and all that other stuff but yeah that's like um, the i guess i guess in their mind they got the weak side linebacker over there or something that that's not the best play i don't know what it is but that that is stupid to me yeah but, i hate um, i hate when people go to the weak just the weak side on i mean like that when it's like when it's on the boundary you know what i'm saying right. like it's like if it's in the middle, do your thing. But if it's on the boundary, it's like 
it just makes it easier, man. Like I don't even yeah. like I wouldn't even I don't even like I didn't like calling stuff to the boundary and like coaching second graders. You know what right. I'm <laughs> I'm like, so I mean, you look at it, man. Uh, 162 yards passing. Yep. Uh, and to be honest, uh, since the Eastern Kentucky game, and maybe even Miami at some some points again, that was his best looking game. He played well against. Uh, uh, he played. I mean, yeah, he didn't play well. He, he had a decent game against uh, Oklahoma, but uh, quarterback wise, you know, he didn't make a lot of uh, great plays, but he didn't make it a lot of bad throws either. And yeah. uh, with the interceptions, so you know, um, but here's the thing that I noticed: this this kid, yeah, he's he's athletic, but he's not a good runner, and that's a big difference because see, a, yeah, a good runner is going to get you. You know, four or five extra yards. I mean, like, like he he goes down. He looks to go down way before he's in trouble, and he's just not a very fast, explosive guy either. He's quick, but he's not explosive. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I could yeah. put my finger on it, and then I saw, you know, I watched him a little bit. This where they did some um, um, design run plays, and it looked like, you know, he could have got three or four more yards, and he went down and. You know, so he's like a poor man's, uh, not even Michael Vick, um, but he's uh, he's not a great runner. So, you know, but he he's elusive enough that you know he can cause problems, and uh, yeah. you have you have to account for him. But he's not like Action Jackson going to take off for seventy yards. He's not going. I don't even think he's that fast, but um, and he might be. I he just seems like he's tiptoeing all the time. You don't want none of that smoke for sure, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, at this point, I think what what I'm going to do as you know is is that I, I'm going to judge this coach strictly on decisions that he makes. You know, at this point, like because if you make bad decisions on uh, a two and nineteen season. Or whatever the season is going to be, two and ten or whatever we at, you'll make bad decisions all the time. You know, um, there's no reason for him to have been desperate enough to go for those. Uh, you know, he was trying to prove something that he can score on in, in, in the red zone. Do that when you're down three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. Do that when you got a chance to win the game, because literally yeah, yeah. He, he lost the game. Had we kick those two field goals yeah you that's know. what hurt man and i and I, I knew it like the thing was i'm like man i don't the nine field goal attempts i'm like man it's gonna come back and bite them in the backside because the first yeah. drive they moved the ball well they had right. the fumble on the thing but i still thought take the points you're moving the ball take the points you lose you i mean that would have been what it was at the 20 yard line so that had been a 37 yard field goal the kickers only yeah. missed two two or three field goals one was blocked um the other one i think he missed but i mean he's made a couple 50 plus yarders i think yeah it's like let him kick it you know what i'm saying yeah. if he misses it that's cool you, you pass i mean you're not even passing a buck it's hey he should make that and then well, i mean the long one was like what 39 yards something like that it wasn't even i would like it was 37 it was 37 yeah it's 37 yeah. yards because it was at the 20 yard line so you boom you go seven yards back 27 add 10 yep 37 so you um 37 i think carter brown i'll I take that all day right you right. want seven, but I'll take that. It's a good momentum after the last week. Come out, you get points as soon as you get on the field. Boom. 
Um, defense stops on the first drive. So, right. boom. So, matter you would have been up three. You stop them. You got a little bit more momentum. And then you score the next drive. So, it could have been 10 zip. Could have been 10 zip, hypothetically, right? I think they scored the first. We scored the first touchdown. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, they, they hit the field goal first. Bottom line, we, 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 it was six points we took off the board, and we lost by two. Yeah. yeah, lost by <laughs> so, lost by three. Took off six, and and we yeah. had a fumble six. And we so had that's a essentially six. gave spotted them, took away six imaginary points because they never even got attempted, and then have a fumble six down three. So that's essentially thirteen points. You lose by three. But, but you know also. I, again, I hate saying this, but the bright spot is because whenever I say this crap, it don't ever come true. But, but the <laughs> bright spot is that we're a dangerous team. Nobody's just flat out whooped us. Yeah, we just got coached and and outplayed at the quarterback position over and over again. And we don't have great tight uh, receivers. We don't. We just don't. You know, our tight ends are, are probably our best group of receivers um probably running maybe the running backs are good receivers i don't even know but our receiver receivers they're not getting open they don't they don't get a whole lot of and that and now we knew that was going to be a problem yeah we lost so much um but um if they can you know come up with a scheme uh to get this quarterback on the edge and get misdirection going with the running game because right now everybody's priding for the running game, so they're going to be ready for the running game. And if you cannot, you we have to tie in our passing game through our running game, just like the NFL. If you ever watch the NFL, they always try to establish the run first, even if they can't establish run and they're they're, they're throwing the, uh, short passes because they're always thinking about okay, let me let's let's get these linebackers occupied yeah. and use the middle of the field. And, um, uh, and and so you got – I mean, you're sitting here with – and I'm looking at the stats, looking at all these great rushing games, you know. Uh, we've gone over 100 yards in every single game rushing with the, with the 288 against Baylor and 115 was the lowest against Iowa State. And we really stuck it up in Iowa State. We still yeah. had 115 yards. You know, BYU had 250. 273 in Miami of Ohio, and then we're not gonna talk about Eastern Kentucky, but Pittsburgh, uh, 215. You know, so establishing the run and not being able to pass the ball is is idiotic to me because generally mm-hmm. you need to run establish the run before you can establish the pass, and um, and so end of the day, first of all. And I'm, and I'm tired of saying this, but he should not be calling plays as a head coach. So that's a, to me, that's a no-no. You, that's your ego. You need to let it go. And um, because don't don't mean it doesn't mean you can't call a play or, or two during the game. Um, doesn't mean that you can't follow the play calls, and doesn't mean you can't influence what happens. But you got a whole damn team to deal with, other than just the offense. You coming to the the offense coming to the sideline. Where's the head coach? He's talking to the offense because he's calling plays. He can't focus on being a coach of the whole team and be a call a play caller at the same time. He just can't do it. And um, and college kids need that type of feedback and interaction 
from the head coach. So, um, because they had to feed off of somebody. And that was what Luke Fickle was very, very good at. He was very good at being engaged with every kid that came off the off the field. You know, he wasn't talking to him personally. He was making eye contact with them. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have a freaking uh, cardboard um, chart over his face calling, trying to figure out what the next play is. And that's a big, big problem. And uh, I don't know if the, who makes that decision, but the, the AD has to make that call next year. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you extra $200,000 to get us an offensive coordinator in here. Um, because you, you, it, it's bad because number one, you got a quarterback that's one dimensional and you're not even catering to that. And you don't, you have inexperienced receivers um, for the most part, except for the kids that transferred from uh, Florida. But, you know, you got, yeah, so you, you know, I, I, you know, so it's to me, it's like, yeah, they, they're not a great team, but they should be, they should have won five games right now. And it, and the reason why they hadn't is not because the quarterback sucks, which he sucks half the time. You know, well, he's very mediocre. I don't even say he sucks when I'm looking at his stats in front of me, but he's very mediocre, you know. And, but I also know by watching the games and understanding the play call that they're not putting the kid in the best position to win the game or to win the play, to, to you know, have success every play. So, um, you know, I don't, and it's crazy because you got such a, a really good running attack and you can't, I mean, Fickle would have killed for this, you know, and you can't manufacture plays off of that. It's crazy. You know, that's why, that's why Fickle put those guys, those tight ends in the NFL, you know, um, two of them last year, I believe. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that to me, that's it. And and so I'm saying that I forgot where I was at because I've been talking too much. <laughs> and I'm drinking some muddy water over here. Um, some muddy water, I feel, I feel, I feel. but uh, oh, okay, we were talking about so the remainder of the season. So, my thing is if this guy can somehow. And I don't know if he and this this will tell me everything I need to know these last, these next two games. If he can somehow, you know, uh come up with a game plan to take advantage of what they do well and uh, uh on offense, because I think defense can hang with anybody, you know, as far as keeping them in close proximity to a win. Then yeah, yeah. there, but you know, they're not running down our throat or anything either. Um yeah. so if he can if he can come up with a game plan that utilizes uh, our quarterback's athletic prowess as well as uh, moving these receivers, you know, drag routes, things that yeah, you're open if you're 6'5 and the DB is 5'9 and he's running right with you on a drag route. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't care what he does. You're open. Yeah. It's, it's, the only thing you can do is pass and fair. That way. You can't be thinking um, – through your playbook, you know, you understand that the, you get the discipline of your playbook is like, you know, we get this, we're going to run that. No, you got to be thinking about scenarios and what you do have and what you don't have versus what you drew up during the weekend you practice on the charts, you know. Um, and then a lot of coaches, that's what they, that's how they got where they are and they don't know any better. They, they're afraid to, to do anything different. 
you know, and then the good coaches are the ones that improvise. It's like Travis Kelsey never runs a pattern he's supposed to run. He sees whatever he sees in front of him, he knows exactly what pattern to run that counteracts that. And then he'll yeah. run that. And 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 the quarterback Mahone is on the same page. So yeah. you know, you're not gonna be that um I guess proactive, right? <laughs> Are you yeah, yeah, but you will but 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 play by play you have to be able to, you know, um adjust. So and accurate. So yeah. So my thing is, if I don't see that next couple of games, man, you know, you ain't got to call me the last two games, bro. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you a postcard, man, from somewhere. Like, <laughs> we suck. Uh, see you next year. So we we'll try again, try again next try. year. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I, you know, I don't hope anybody gets fired. I'm not. That's not my thing. You know, I, I try to, I get online sometimes, and you know. I joke a little bit, but quite honestly, you know, we should have. There's these games are winnable, talent-wise. It's not. It's not talent. It's not this guy. This kid can't throw. It's not this kid can't run. Not this kid can't tackle. It's they're in the wrong position at the wrong time, and that's different from what Fickle used to have problems with. Fickle had problems with discipline. Yeah, these guys just aren't where they're supposed to be. They're not they they're not being coached to do certain things that they're not doing. So and again, um the other thing is, like you said, and somebody said to me uh online that um we don't, you know, in this league you can't you have to recruit. And and what I'm saying, three stars, you know, you know, we've been getting three stars and, and making especially Cincinnati three stars have been you know, making it to the NFL and making a big difference. Yeah. But, you know, you're on a national stage um, in, a, in a power five now where, you know, you should be getting, if you're going to get a three-star, I, I need a three-star to come out of Florida or Texas. You know, not that their three-stars are better than ours, but it's, it's going to be more of a, uh, you know, skill position kind of three-star that we want to get from Texas and Florida. I put our offensive defensive linemen and linebackers up against anybody in, in, in the Midwest, um, especially being down here. I, you know, um, there's some good teams down here, but it's a lot of fluff, a lot of money being thrown around. But um, mm. um, so I think that uh, so if I can see that he's he's making an effort to uh, adjust <clears throat> game time and during the game. Then I might find some slack for him, but if I if I see him just cashing it in and and you know taking his check and cashing it and you know uh, been work going to work, I don't want to see that. I don't. If I see that, then I'm going to be I'm going to be vocal about getting rid of the guy. So I'm just trying to see how he's going to finish. Um, and I'm not really worried about the kids. I'm worried about him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think the kids are going to quit on us, but. You can tell when a coach quits. You got five five games, man. You got three on the road, two at home. So we'll see see what happens because the Oklahoma game scares me. Like I'm just gonna keep it real. I'm gonna have State, yeah, yeah. It, that scares me. At first it didn't, but the way we're playing scares me. Um, I always knew it was gonna be a tough game on the road, but now <laughs> Oklahoma's starting to catch their flow. We have shot ours. <laughs> 
Um, only team, I mean, only one game I feel like we just got worked was the Iowa State game. Yeah, we got, we got home. So that throws me off, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the one that's like, yeah, coin flip, right? Like, not a coin flip, that's the one that wasn't a coin flip. It was just them just getting out everything. And I feel like they were just as good as far as player for player um, as Iowa State. So that hurt. So going to Oklahoma State, um, it's going to be interesting to see first time. You still don't have to worry about the altitude, but I think Oklahoma State is better than BYU personally. Um, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Um, can they have a clean game? It's one thing. And a clean game, more so turnover. I don't really mind the penalties here and there um, happens. Um, but the turnovers, they got to – I mean, you can't pick sixes and fumble yeah. six can't happen. Special team turnovers. Um, I think special teams, like the coverage has to be a little bit better too. I feel like they've given yeah. up a few, uh, big plays, splash yeah. plays. that can't happen. Um, on a consistent basis, and I feel like it's been consistent the last few weeks that they give up one or two. Like, ah, that's a lot of yards, and I'm not yeah. used to seeing that. Um, you know, they are playing better competition um, on a on a week to week basis, but still, this isn't the the Big Twelve isn't a a juggernaut this year. You know what I mean? It's not a juggernaut. It's, it's all teams that are kind of around the same talent, and then you got Texas and Oklahoma are kind of above everybody. And um, right. then you got like maybe the leader of the second pack is I think what Kansas and Kansas State. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody else is kind of like depending on how you want to play this week, kind of a thing. But I think you see should yeah. be should be higher up higher in the glass than they are. You know what I mean? Right now they're bottom right. of the barrel. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> you know I mean, you know, like like you know, the punk ass move that, that uh Fickle made, man. And and I think he would have been pleasantly surprised of the success they would have had had he stayed. You know, he he made a he made a punk ass move. I actually talked to one of his friends. We used to work together. And yeah. um, they they he you know they lived near each other, kids played uh, high school. And he was like, you know, um I mean I met Fickle a bunch of times, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Press, but um um he was like, yeah, that was one of the biggest factors was the quarterback position here and um, uh, the easy schedule at um, Wisconsin. Uh, he, so he felt like he had he would have a year, a successful year, and they'll give him a gap to recruit the guys he needed to, to recruit. And mm. and he said that was that came out of his mouth. So mm. um you know, and it's, it's, hey, every man for themselves. You know, hell. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a dirty <laughs> my game. My family man. in my pocket, and yeah, you know, and you know, it's a stressful job anyway. Um, yeah, twenty four seven. You do what you gotta do, but you know, I, I guess at first I wasn't mad. I could care less, but I mean, I'm kind of mad because he, because of who we have now, and what he's kind of showing us he is. Again, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, this next two games will tell me whether to to be, you know, to be on the Satterfield get out of my town by noon campaign or, you know, I, I got $5 towards that $10 million buyout, whatever his buyout might be for two years. <laughs> <laughs> you got five. Not the five. 
Yeah, five. People that watch Martin, that's watching, not the five. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I mean, again, you never know. You know, you never know. And the guy might be the best coach that we ever have. But, you know, right now, um, and hopefully he learns from this and, and, you know, um, does, you know, does well. But right now, I just, he got that, 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 it's that feeling that he's just not a good coach for us. And I'm not saying he's going to be a good coach somewhere. It just seems that he just does not have it right now. And um, it may be just momentum and all that other stuff that got a hold of him. And, you know, um, but, you know, sometimes you get that energy that and it just takes you down. It, it kills a lot of coaches. You, you see the dabble. You know, Dabble's struggling to keep his energy up and yeah. his still going. And and Jimbo Fisher, another guy who, you know, had a ton of success and, you know, um, stepped on the wrong crack. And now, you know, they're trying to get rid of him. And then you got, you know, uh, you just Urban Meyer, I mean, for God's sakes, who was neck and neck with um, Nick Saban, you know, as yeah. far as legendary coaches and and look where he's at right now out of out of coaching and he should you know at least had an opportunity to coach Cincinnati but I digress um <laughs> but, all right so I'm asking you this question I think we already talked about <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this is an off the record on the record question uh <laughs> go ahead <laughs> my so I so I was like before the hire or whatever I always said Urban Meyer will give you the best four years of your life. It's just going to end ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the optics look The thing was, it like the optics look bad because that what happened in Jacksonville. But he going to win. Like the thing, he going to win. He going to burn some bridges. He going to yeah. win. I just, I don't know. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was just like, he going to give you the best four years of your life. Yeah, then, no, I get it. And he, he burning the bit down. Like the, the town's gonna be on fire. Well, you 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 know, he didn't do that. Well, kind of do that. He didn't do that with O State, though. He didn't do that with O State. He did right, better with right. O State. He, he put had a little bit of controversy going out the door, but he, he got burnt just out. Probably getting lap dances and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Song, no. <laughs> no, I don't think his I don't think his wife wouldn't come to Cincinnati. Last time he was in Cincinnati, he was trying he was to holler crazy. Something <laughs> thick. He was trying to holler at something thick. <laughs> And you know, I'm, uh, that's my guy, man. That's my former teammate. And uh, I, I, you know, shoot, Auburn could care less. That guy got accused of rape and all that other stuff. So oh, damn, for real? Yeah. And then uh, Alabama has, uh, no, who has, uh, who has uh, the Bobby Petrino? Is it Bobby Petrino? Yeah. Not Bobby, yeah. Yeah. Somebody has him. As a uh, Bobby Petrino's going crazy. He got hired at, uh, well, <laughs> he got hired. What you gonna call it twice, didn't he? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah. Uh, Louisville, yeah. Louisville twice, and then the second time he got in trouble again, and now he's still he back in coaching. He's the offense coordinator for, uh, I want to say, uh, Satan. I don't know. He's, he's a he a legend though, for real. You think? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. I bet he is. And, um, <laughs> especially in the strip club. He is um, he's so, walking stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, 
No, might be responsible for them light skinned Trayvons down in Atlanta. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where dad at? Dad will be around, but he, he's fine, he financially made sure everything cool. Yeah, he ain't gonna be a good athlete, but he's gonna be a hell of a coach. Yeah, <laughs> they got but, the clip uh, already. Already, yeah, no, little Drake gonna be all right. Yeah, little Drake, little Drake, little Drake. <laughs> so, all right, so. We got we got five games. I'm gonna run them down. We got Oklahoma State on the road coming up Saturday. Back at home, UCF. Yep. Houston on the road. West Virginia on the road. Kansas at home. All right. If the Bearcats play clean ball, clean ball, where do they get their next win? Huh. Clean ball. Like imagine, like no, no bad turnovers. I'm not saying they're not gonna turn it over, but just nothing that's gonna be earth shaking where they pick six, fumble six, block field goal at return, play clean ball, uh, and making a few plays here and there. Who, who, where do we get the, where do they get the next win? Let me find that. Let me find that. Uh, find the remaining game. Where is it at? Schedule. I'm sorry, man. I was, you, you said it, and then I was going to look it up so I can look at it. Nah, I saw it. Let me see. Hold on one second. I had to ask you the Urban Meyer question. We already talked about it, so it just was funny. I had to just get that. Hey, man. Sometimes, man, you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Folks yeah. vote for Donald Trump, huh? <laughs> 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 it can't be worse than that. You're right. It can't be. <laughs> Felt like I was uh, having to walk outside, look both ways, coming out my door. <laughs> I want you around here, type. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, damn, I pay my uh, taxes. <laughs> so, so name name them again. We got Oklahoma State coming up Saturday. You got yeah. UC, UCF at home, Houston on the road, West Virginia on the road. So you got back to back on the road. Finish off with Kansas at Nippert. I, I mean, I, I think I think obviously when you look at that, you're going to say, you know, we got an opportunity at. Uh, Houston and um, um, UCF, and traditionally you would say Kansas, but Kansas is playing well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, because you have more familiarity, obviously, with with uh, um, UCF and and Houston, um, and then you know West Virginia has been up and down. They've been all over the place, man. Yeah, yeah I think they had a good win this week, but um, so those are. You know, as far as I mean, I believe we're as talented or more than those three teams. Uh, however, you know, we've been we've been as talented as B, as BYU and Baylor as well. And yeah. uh, you know, like I said, Iowa yeah, I State, think, Iowa State and, too, and Miami. So right, yeah, definitely, yeah. So I mean, if you think about it, man, we should be. <laughs> I'm really the only game that that you said we got our butts kicked was Iowa State. And, yeah. uh, and in Oklahoma, we just didn't do it. They, they had their defense play well against us. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five games right there that we should have had. We would be like, okay, let's let's regroup after the bowl game and you know give this guy another shot. But again, I mean, games have not been played. And if you are the coach, if you are a good coach, you should understand that your team. Is as good or better than Houston? As good or better, better than um, 
UCF as good or better than um, West Virginia. And, um, you know, so those are games that if you're a good coach, you find a way to win, period. You know, just like you find a way to lose against BYU in Miami, you should find a way to win. You know, if you beat Miami of Ohio and BYU, nobody's saying a word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. This year, this guy's getting his foothold. But you're losing the teams you're not supposed to lose to. Um, and you know, yeah. you know, Oklahoma had 37 yards rushing against UC. Yeah. That's crazy. Great. That is crazy. 37 yards? That's what I'm looking at. Oh, no, no. Tense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm about to say, damn. I 140. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm about sorry. to say, jeez, I thought they did a little something, but it wasn't crazy. But, um, no. I'm, damn. I'm looking at the wrong Okay, I'm about to say, jeez. I'm like, I thought it was a little bit better. I'm like, I'm getting my, little, yeah. my, little, my dirty water might be kicking in too much. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah, so, so, I mean, to me, and, and I don't expect us to win three games. But if we do win three games, I'm gonna pull my I'm gonna pull my foot off the uh, the gas a little bit. Okay. And and I, I and, but you know that would have showed me something that okay, give me a chance, guys. Because you know we're gonna give you a chance because they don't want to pay you, but you know um, it'll give me some kind of I'll sleep at nights during the off season. You know. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, those are my predictions. I think there's three very winnable games. Uh, I think Kansas is. I think we are as good as Kansas. I just, we we are. It's just what it is. We got we got as good players as they have. They don't. They, you know, nobody's on their team. You know, better than Oklahoma. Uh, so I think Oklahoma was the only team that was just flat out better than us. Talent. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, flat out Kansas, better, yeah. they're not. They're Kansas is doing what they're supposed to do. They're beating the team they're supposed to beat. And they're playing, you know, well against teams that they're not supposed to beat. So, um, and they've done that for two years. And, uh, you know, they haven't gone to anybody's playoff. So, they're not recruiting better than us. Guarantee that. So, yeah, um, player for player, we should beat Kansas too. But they're, they're playing better than us. They're being coached better than we are. And uh, that's the problem. Mm. And I would love to say something different. Like, hey, we got a great coach. We just don't have talent. No, we got some talent. You know, we don't have the best receivers in the world. We damn sure don't have the best quarterback in the world. But he's better than – there's a reason why he's a four-star quarterback. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, he's better than, than how he's being coached. And um, uh, so – you gotta pull all. You gotta pull yourself together. You gotta start making adjustments, and, and you know, and and as a coaching staff, you gotta look at yourself. And I think one thing that they failed to do is look at the fact that this him calling play. And I don't think they'll ever switch offense coordinators. But going to next year, I believe that they have to consider. Well, they have to not even consider. They have to make the change. He cannot call plays, and and the, and the athletic director needs to say, hey. You know, this is where you are. And you can choose to call plays if you want to. But I'm going to give you an extra 200000 Go find the right offense coordinator. And if you continue calling plays, you're not successful. Your ass is going to be out of here. 
that's what that's what you got to do as a as a, that's what athletic directors are supposed to do. You know, yeah, um, I'm not gonna tell you how to run your team, but the reason why y'all lost three games or four games, and and instead of us having a packed stadium coming up next year, tickets are sold out. But, and instead of us having those prime games, now we now we're playing at you know eleven in the morning and seven or twelve at night, and you know, um, and our game on ESPN, you know, equals instead of plus. Uh, equals. They got us on the Portes. What the hell? They might have us on the Portes. <laughs> we keep losing like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have us with the Spanish people. No, five to my my Hispanics, but right, <laughs> right. They that is almost yeah yeah that's almost racist bro. yeah um, i live yeah, in man. texas so i I speak Spanish. Hey, now my Spanish people, that are my, people <laughs> my dogs, man. I rock out my Spanish people. They know what I'm saying. We might be on, uh, or they might put us on. What's the uh, what's the can- the Canadian uh, ESPN? Oh, TSN. TSN. They might. Put us- <laughs> hey, <laughs> I watch TSN religiously. I mess with TSN too. So they might put us on there. Uh, yeah, for the CFL. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. We might be up there, man. They might, they, they might probably join their league next year. Get in there and play McGill. They and, might ship us off. They <laughs> ship us off, man. It's a cold world when it comes to this networking thing, you know. Yeah, it is. It'll let they you know. Like, Fuck it. Uh, Bearcat game. Let's just put them. Maybe <laughs> playing on playing on Wednesday <laughs> night. Put them the match. TSN, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Put them on TSN. playing on Wednesday night with Maxion. They gonna flex us. Like, man, I thought it was a Saturday game. Hey, you remember those days, though, man? We were at Conference USA. We oh, yeah, for sure. Thursday night games games. be lit, though. Yeah. If you're on the weekday, you're on the weeknight, don't be, don't be all right. I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to get my studying done. I'm going to go ahead and go check this out. <laughs> yeah. For real. So, yeah, well, man. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, that was I a good wanna... show today, man. And uh, Yeah. For sure, just... man. I didn't know how I just was feeling, feeling a bit melancholy, but you know, it's good to get on and talk, talk through your problems. Yeah, you gotta talk through it, man. You gotta talk through it. You can't, you can't keep it pent all inside. You know what I'm saying? You just, you know what I'm saying? Then you might bump into somebody, somebody step on your shoe, you tripping out because you mad about this. They ain't got nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta get it out. You know what I'm saying? You gotta write it down or something. I gotta finish my my joint. I got one. I gotta finish up. I think I might do it tonight. I gotta write it on down, man. Just there you go. You got right, man. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Got, got, got. Let your heart bleed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, for real. So, all right, man. So, if all right, will you will you join me next week if they lose? Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you right now, they're gonna I'm gonna clown the ass they lose. Ooh. I mean, I ain't I mean I ain't gonna clown them, clown them, but if they lose like clowns, I'm gonna clown. Them. Okay, I get saying. 
I, I think they can beat anybody in this in this conference now. If, you know, and and people, you know, that's how I, that's how I approach it. Now, obviously, most people don't. You know, it, the common sense says we're not there yet. Yeah. But you know, um, in order for me to watch the full game, I gotta believe that hey, we're gonna come in and give our all. That's as a fan. That's as a fan. As an analyst, is different. You just oh you know, yeah, 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 hundred percent. I look it's at the numbers thing. here. I'm looking at the screen, and it is what it is. But you know, I do that, you know, quite often. But um, as a fan and ex player, you know, um, you got to believe that, you know, that you can beat them. And you got, yeah, you got to believe. If you don't believe, you don't believe you can beat them. You ain't gonna beat them. I'll tell that to the kids now. Like, yeah. hey, you got to believe that shit. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. You gotta it. I've been you in games it. where I, I was the underdog, and once we won, and was successful and I've been in games where we you know we kind of rolled our hammer on the field thinking it was gonna be over in in 60 minutes and and I uh, got a butt foot kick so yeah. so yeah and I and it's so funny we, you know you've been around the sport so long you kind of know when you're gonna lose like okay these are when you see a couple things happening like okay yeah I've seen this before <laughs> they're gonna lose maybe first quarter like oh they, they they keep playing like this it's gonna be a it's gonna be a losing game and, and you know, um, that's about seven or eight percent of the time you can tell that. Like when they when they when they come out and they're not playing, you know, a certain way or they're making certain mistakes. Yeah. You, you think back on the losses that you had that you should have won, and the same type of mistakes have happened. And like, okay, this is just playing out like a Hollywood script. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Shoot, this. You know, this was good therapy for me today. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, like I said, I, I'm perplexed, man. I want these guys to, to, I don't want this guy to be so bad. We have to fire him. I don't, I won't, I, I, I believe he is, but I don't want to believe. That's, 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 I mean, that's fair. That's a fair thing to say. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's what people are feeling. Like, I mean, you can't hide emotions, you know what I'm saying? What you feel or what you feel, you know, like people are trying to like mask it you know what i mean like if that's what you feel it is what it is you know i, I don't want it i mean first year i'm a glass half full i just want them to like the last games i need them to compete um i feel like baylor game they just shot themselves in the foot they gotta stop shooting themselves in the foot too it's like every game that they yeah. lost shot themselves in the foot too much besides i mean the iowa state game was the one i feel like iowa state just came in here and pumped us and that yeah. was the one come on um but uh the other games, man, they were damn they're damn sure winnable. So it's like you gotta bottle up whatever happened in those games and finish out this season um like that. Cause that I'm not gonna lie, the Oklahoma State game scares the the scares a lot out of me, piss out of me. I'll say that. Well, I'm not afraid anymore. I mean they get their ass kicked, they get their ass kicked. I yeah, mean yeah. I mean I'm I'm just gonna sit there and watch it and look the analytically yeah 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 yeah, for sure and and you know be able to talk about it next week so uh on here so you know i know it's gonna be asking pretty soon it's gonna be ass kicking i just take my emotions out of it i'm like let me get my emotions up out of this fight yeah yeah yeah. on the patio drink some some brown water watch two tvs yeah you know pay more attention to the other tv than i do the than than the the, the uc one (laughs) yeah makes sense makes sense (laughs) so we'll see man I'm gonna yeah. uh, I'm gonna have a uh, have a uh, Oklahoma State guy on, so I'm gonna make it a two part pie. I won't go live. Right, I'm just gonna attach it. 
to this. But uh, so essentially, I'm gonna talk to him, see what, how he feels. You know, they on a three game winning streak. They five and five and two. They coming in this game. Yeah, be two and yeah. five, five and they five and two. So, um, I mean, shit, you seen a lot of upsets last week. It's just we just gotta get one of them things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like as a fan, you know what I'm saying? As yeah. a person that covers the team, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna report on what's happening. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But um. People like wins more than like losses, but you know that's 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 just how it go. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Because you know, I just think Oklahoma State is an interesting place to play. I mean, just seeing it on TV and stuff like that, I just feel like it's going to be jumping late night game. Just got to bring our stuff. I think our defense can hold hold water. I think we just can't shoot ourselves in the foot, man. Give up. Well, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. Uh, what type of uh, wrinkles uh, they're going to throw out there? They got yeah. to have. They got. They, I mean, they have to do that because you know, yeah. if I'm preparing for that offense, man, I'm like, okay, um, man to man, enough to run out. Yeah, let's pre- let's let's pressure a little bit and take care of the middle of the field because we can't throw over for dam in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's what I would do. And um yeah, I damn near I don't even know would you go would you would you single high or you would you be two? I go two cuz Yeah, I go two. I would go two. I would go yeah. two and make you throw down the middle of the field. Absolutely. The only chance the only chance you got with those tall receivers is to throw it tall. Yeah, yeah. And so like I said, you don't see any crossing patterns. You don't see any yeah. um, play action. We don't do any of that. Yeah, we, we definitely don't. don't have any. I I definitely haven't seen a drag route. I don't think I've seen one drag route all year. Uh, yeah, very few and far between. Something like that confuses them. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel right. like I know our offensive line isn't. I mean, they're not terrible. Like they've doing. I mean, playing against oh. better competition, but they've been holding. You're gonna get hit in the Big Twelve. It's just that's right. how it is. Um, I feel like they've been holding water though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um so I just think they gotta they gotta get real creative and use the middle of the field because then that'll make teams back up a little bit, I think, personally. I think the running game's gonna do solid, always gonna do solid. If they rolling, it's gonna be good. But you gotta use the middle of the field and get get them on a get them on the edge a little bit, man. And I gotta use the long the the wide side of the field, not using the short side of the field too. On whatever yeah. screens, and I haven't seen a running back screen. I don't think all year either. Have you? I don't. Remember. I don't remember seeing it either. I feel like teams are coming for them. Like I just feel like Kiner and Miles and those kids can catch the ball good enough for. They definitely should use some 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 uh some screens too, man. I, it doesn't matter about high school quarterback. You know that's what they're running high school quarterback play. So I don't know. Yeah, they definitely need to get that incorporate them screens. I feel like yeah. that'll be that'll be something that shake it up. I mean, you can't do it every time, but I feel like teams are especially when teams catching that flow on us, man. Teams start catching that flow, they just like start dominating. I feel like them screens that shake it up. Yeah, a little bit here and there, not on third down, but maybe a second. Maybe you start off. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm a field person when it comes to that, but. Oh no, man! All right, so I won't keep you much longer. I know we, I, I start rambling. We were supposed to be done ten minutes ago. Um, <laughs> All right, and then, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna let let you go, man. I'm a uh, I'm a we'll end this I'm end this segment of, of the of the pod. 
just saying thanks, Dan, man. And, uh, I'm oh, glad man. that you'll be on next week if if you want. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, I was absolutely, I'm gonna be on next week. I thought we were gonna be offline. Hey man, that's my part-time job, bro. Yeah, no, it's my part-time job. <laughs> I just ain't got paid yet. So. I feel you. I feel you. We need some uh come on, sponsors. Come on in, man. Sponsors at <laughs> us. Yeah, we'll take, uh, real we'll see. We'll take Uncle Nears. Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. They beat ooh, damn, maybe Kansas State. Ooh. I told you, man. I told you. I didn't know they'd be Kansas State, but I'm telling you, they caught a flow because they was trash at first, and now they not. <laughs> Let me see who they be. They be Central Arkansas, Arizona State, good team. Not good team. They, they, yeah. uh, they, they, they be, uh, I feel like Arizona State they compete. Alabama, Alabama got, got a hold of their ass. Okay, was, was so game was it done? Beat them. Iowa State beat them 34-27. Oklahoma State uh, beat Kansas State, which I thought was a better team. Then they beat Kansas and West Virginia. So we should we should play well against them. We, should, we definitely know. should compete. Yeah, yeah, I we got a shot there. Should we compete with everybody left on the schedule? It's just yeah, we better know. than South Alabama, I think. And <laughs> <laughs> definitely got to be better than South Alabama. Yeah, we ain't and, better than South Alabama. I don't know. Well, we might as well just go ahead and punt the whole down. Right, oh, yeah. right. So, all right, man. All right, cool. Other all right, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap during the week and definitely during the game and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'll catch up with everybody else uh, uh, next week on the podcast. Bet, bet. All right, my man. All right, appreciate man. you, my man. All right, bro. Take care all of my right. city. All right, we'll do. All right, thanks for joining us for the second part of the TFON podcast, um, season four, episode eleven. Talk to Danny sellers earlier um and then now we have a oklahoma state guru um chilling with us going to talk a little bit uc oklahoma state um mclean baxley of go pokes 247 mclean how you doing today brother doing all right good man well we appreciate you having a um, appreciate you you know sparing a few minutes of your time to talk uh talk some football I don't know. Do you uh, you cover the basketball team as well, or you pass that to somebody else? I do. I will. Uh, not as heavily as we do football, uh, just because they're not as uh, not as competitive in the past 10, 15 years. But uh, I'll I'll be there for some basketball games for sure. Cool, man. Cool. Well, you guys are riding high. Three game winning streak. Um, Bearcats are going to come to you know come to you, your stadium on Saturday, playing at eight p.m. Eastern time, seven seven. PM Central Time. Um, what are your expectations of, of this game? I know the Bearcats were riding a five-game losing streak, and you guys went on a three-game losing streak. Uh, what's your, what are your expectations? Yes, I mean Oklahoma State, especially since they had a bye week uh, after going two and two, and like you said, three-game, three-game winning streak since then. And really, the keys been the offensive turnaround. The uh, offensive line has switched things up and created holes for the running back Ollie Gordon, who's getting national attention, you know, back-to-back Doak Walker Player of the Week. Uh, this week he got Walter Kent National Player of the Week, and so I expect much of that to be the same. Uh, you know, Mike Gunny talked about on Monday that this is going to be the best defensive line they've seen all season against Cincinnati. Um, but elsewhere, I know there are issues uh, for Cincinnati. There's, there's issues elsewhere on uh, Oklahoma State's team, but I expect it to be a pretty raucous atmosphere at homecoming this weekend, and uh, this will be my first uh, experience for Oklahoma State 
Homecoming, which is marketed as America's greatest homecoming. Uh, I know Stillwater is expecting to have about like 120,000 people uh, in the town. Uh, obviously, you know, the stadium is 55,000 still and can be sold out and a night game in Boom Pickens Stadium. So uh, it should be a pretty raucous environment and very cool atmosphere. But, but I, I expect, you know, Oklahoma State to come out and keep doing what they've been doing on offense and then defensively just kind of tune, tune some things up against the opponent that's been struggling, uh, like you mentioned, um, as they kind of gotten acclimated to Big 12 play. Cool. So besides the running back, on the offensive side of the ball, who is a guy in the passing game that the Bearcats better make sure they're uh, they're um, chest to chest with all day? So since their leading receiver went down a few weeks ago, Dejon Stribling, uh, he, he went down with a season-ending injury a few weeks ago. So the guy that's been stepping up is Rashad Owens. He's a, a senior. He's played some tight end. He's played some receiver. He's played some on the line a bit. But now he's a true receiver. Um, he's, he's big and built, and he's got speed. But he's been the go-to guy uh, since Shibling went down a few weeks ago. Um, you know, he's he's reliable. He's you know tr- he's the trust he's built with Alan Bowman uh, in these you know three or four weeks has, has been on display on several occasions uh, against different opponents. So he's he's kind of the guy. And then on the other side, Brennan Presley. He's a versatile guy. He he, he takes handoffs. He does jet sweeps, and he just catches everything that goes his way. He's a veteran guy. He does you know punt returns sometimes. And, um, just a really reliable guy in the passing game that can uh, that's quick and can get open. And so those two guys on one, one on each side of the on of the field um, are, are Oklahoma State's two biggest threats in the passing game. Yeah. So you talk about the offense a little bit, uh, McLean. Just talk about the adjustment Alan Bowman has made since being named the official uh, QB one. Obviously, Oklahoma State was the team that kind of rotated quarterbacks there to start the season. Just talk about what you've been able to see from him since taking on this new role as a starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, since that three-quarterback three, three quarterback rotation, uh, Iowa State was the first game where Bowman played the full game, and then he's played uh, – he's been the guy for three straight games. And we've talked with him. We've talked with uh, some offensive linemen and some really a lot of different offensive players, and we talked about how – what the adjustment has been like since just having one guy in there versus rotating between two or three guys. And they said it's been huge. And uh, I think on both displays in that receiving core where – uh, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, the receiver might turn early or, or the ball might be a little too late. Whereas now, I mean, they are turning and the, the, chem- the chemistry is on display and it, is, it has worked really well for, for this team. And both on the you know, deep ball and, you know, kind of slants and, and some shorter range stuff. And Alan Bowman's got more comfortable with his offensive line, with his running backs and the communication there and, and knowing where the offensive line, knowing where Bowman's going to be, when he's going to make a throw, when he might roll out, when he might, you know, throw the ball away. And so that just that more reps in practice has, has led to more reps in games, obviously, and having, you know, four games now of him being the guy. I think against Iowa State uh, back, you know, towards the end of September, um, that was his first full game, and it looked like it. You know, there was a couple interceptions, a couple bad throws, uh, and then they had the bye week, and since then it's looked a lot better. Um, he had his first pick uh, this past weekend against uh, West Virginia for the first pick in a couple games. So he's he looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, with the offense line, with the running backs, and with the receiving core, and that's it's led to success on offense and success in the running game because the passing game can be you know more more uh, more effective. Cool. So we'll we'll hop across on the other side of the ball. Um, you know, you got to ride a three game winning streak. Um, what have you seen on the defensive side of the ball that's changed from the earlier games? I think simplicity. You know, this is Brian Nardo's first year as defensive coordinator. He came in with the three three five. 
uh, formation or, or um, defensive scheme. And so having more familiarity and more comfortability and, and more reps has been beneficial. Uh, it's, it's still, they still have yet to play a complete game. You know, some games the defensive line is able to get there and create pressure and create havoc in the run game. Uh, the linebackers come down or go back. And then some games, you know, the, defense, the secondary has been very good, but they have yet to play a full game where all three of those phases are working together and, and have a good game. You know, some games the, they might stop the run, but then they're getting beat on these long, you know, 30 plus yard passing touchdowns, uh, like we saw against Kansas and West Virginia last week. So in other games, the secondary has, you know, three or four, two or three picks in the, the run game. Um, they, the offense is able to you know, break off some big run plays. So they have yet to play that full game. And maybe that's this week against Cincinnati. Uh, now that they've had you know, seven games to, to get used to it and you know, play a variety of opponents, you know, they, they've, you know, play, especially against Kansas and Kansas State, two very run heavy offenses. And then last week, West Virginia, a uh, quarterback that's able to run, but they, they want to throw it a little more than, than the two Kansas schools. And so they've kind of seen both uh, sides of offense. And so now, Putting that all together, I think it's going to be key uh, this week against Cincinnati. Yeah, so we're talking about the Oklahoma State defense now. Uh, we talked to Scott Satterfield yesterday about what stands out about Oklahoma State's defense. And a guy he mentioned was Nicholas Martin, who's obviously the heart and center, heart and soul of the Oklahoma defense. He leads the team with 71 tackles on the season. He's had two games where he's finished with 17 tackles, which is the most since 2016. Just talk about uh, his progression a little bit more. Obviously, what have you seen from him across the middle there? So I got to Oklahoma State uh, in May, on this on this beat in May, and I had never heard of this guy. I knew Colin Oliver. I knew Kendall Daniels. But uh, pretty much all season, Nick Martin's been consistent. Like you said, there's two you know, 17 tackle games, and now he leads the Big 12 in tackles, uh, just narrowly beating uh, Stetsman from uh, Oklahoma. So, I mean, he, he's been a fierce guy. He's a guy that's not afraid to crash. He's not afraid to – kind of throw his ball around, you know, Mike Denny talked about how his team both on both sides of the ball are playing more physical and more loose. They're not afraid to, to get hurt. They're not afraid to take a play off. You know, if they you know, go really hard on one play, they, they've got the depth and they've got the guys to come in and fill it. But, but Nick Martin has just been a, an animal. I mean, he's super nice in press conferences and he's like, you know, he, he's, he's smiling and happy, but on the field, he, he's a menace. And, uh, you know, he, he, he does a little bit of everything. He helps in the run game. He helps in the passing game. He kind of, you know, with, with him on one side and Colin Oliver on the other side, I mean, they're, they're very effective. And um, I, I think the linebackers is their strongest suit um, on this defense, you know, between him and Colin Oliver, you know, former, uh, you know, Big 12 freshman of the year, uh, kind of playing. He, he, he did a little bit of defensive end and linebacker kind of rovers around there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Nick, Nick Martin's been incredible to watch. You know, the guy that, uh, you know, preseason might have been looked at as, you know, the second or third best linebacker on this team. And now he's probably the – Seen as like you said, you know, the most effective player uh, on this defense, and, and um, you know, one of the best uh, defensive players in the conference so far. Yeah, so we're talking defense still. Obviously, Oklahoma State runs that three-three-five kind of defense. Obviously, that is something that Cincinnati struggled with versus Iowa State, as we all saw last week or two weeks ago in the thirty to ten loss. But uh, looking back on this defense a little bit more. Cameron Epps is a redshirt freshman who's really stood out this season. Obviously, we saw the pick six he had versus Kansas State. But just talk about that a little bit. And what should Cincinnati kind of utilize to find those holes within that 3-3-5? So the secondary is very young. You mentioned, you know, Cameron Epps, a redshirt freshman. D.J. McKinney, another young guy. Uh, Dylan Smith, another freshman that had a pick um, against either Kansas. I think it was against Kansas. 
Um, I mean, it's a very young secondary. That's where they're youngest on this team because they've had injuries, because they've had uh, just a need for that and, and guys to step up for the most part. And, and I think we talked about, um, you know, with Cameron Epps, uh, the, the, the talk all the past month has been, you know, he struggled, you know, his first start was against Iowa State, and they targeted him hard. He got burned hard. He, he rated low and had a really straight up a bad game against Iowa State. Has the bye week, and then the next week against Kansas State, he has two picks. And, uh, you know, one of, them, one of them, like you said, a pick six. So these guys are getting tested. And, uh, you know, if, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm continuing to test them. You know, I think West Virginia did did that a little bit against uh, Oklahoma State last week, and it, it was worked for a little bit. But, I mean, each game these guys have gotten better. Kansas, uh, you know, got, got to them. But, um a defensive secondary uh, has been good, um, and they, they've gotten better each week. Uh, you just just by being more reps, being out there more, has been very beneficial for these young guys. And you have the young, you have the young guys, and you also have you know Trey Trey Rucker, you have Kendall Daniels, these guys that are you know all conference guys that are able to communicate and help their guys out there, and they they play the whole game. So I mean, between the young guys and the veterans, they, they've been able to to hold down for the most part. Other than those you know big passing plays where they're quarterback is able to run around and extend plays for, you know, eight to 10 seconds, which has been the, uh, which has been the, the damage for, for Oklahoma State's defense. I didn't, I didn't know that it was uh, Oklahoma State's homecoming. Um, from covering, covering the team during the season, how is a regular home game for you guys? Like what kind of environment from on TV? It looks like it's amazing. Um, but just how is it being there, filling, filling the fans, hearing the fans, um, the players, the energy, like how, what kind of energy do you feel like on a consistent basis? And I feel like homecoming is always like a, a level higher, no matter who the opponent is, but like, just give us like a rundown on how you feel as a person covering the team, you know, yeah. being that fan base. Yeah. I mean, um, every game has been, been a sellout and every game has been pretty loud, except for the South Alabama game when things went badly very quickly the, the crowd was out of it then but against kansas state against kansas uh kansas state was a friday night game and it was sold out and loud and i there were several times where you know either on a third down or a fourth down you know it was super loud i'm getting chills you know in the press box uh you know watching and experiencing that same thing against kansas uh they, they were definitely had an impact on that game um and you know mike gundy talked about it either last week or this week saying how the fans have come out more and he, he's been able to feel the fans the crowd more this year than he has the last 18 seasons uh, since he's been head coach at Oklahoma State. So I don't know if that's accurate or if that's uh, just him trying to sell tickets or, or get hype for his program. But I mean, it's definitely an impact. I mean, it's a smaller stadium and it feels like they're kind of on top of you because the sidelines are so narrow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the narrow with sidelines in FBS. And so you, I think that definitely has an impact. You know, there's, there's music playing, there's fans going to, they have the uh, paddle people where they're, you know, beating the wall. Uh, and if you're going against that or if they're right behind you, I mean, that, that cannot be fun for an opposing quarterback and opposing offense um, to deal with. So they're definitely an opposing factor. Uh, and I expect that to be the same on a night, uh, a night game, homecoming. They're riding a three-game win streak, Bedlam's next week. So there's, there's a lot of excitement around this program, um, which is crazy to think about because a month ago, uh, they were calling, you know, for for jobs and calling not players, and and it was a very different scene, uh, you know, just you know four or five weeks ago. For sure. So you mentioned the the paddles and whatnot. Obviously, Cincinnati hasn't really played in a hostile environment. Heck, I mean, you could throw a Pittsburgh in there in week two, but then you also have the last road game was true road game was BYU. Mm-hmm. How important is it to go into a hostile environment? Obviously, Oklahoma State. You mentioned the sidelines are super narrow. They have the paddles going. 
And it's kind of like the same situation as Nippert Stadium where the fans are like right on top of you. How important is it to make sure like they're staying locked in and canceling out the crowd noise, especially in an environment like that where you mentioned they're at, they're expecting almost 100,000 people? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I would assume. I've never been a Division One athlete, never been a college athlete, but I imagine going into an opponent's house when it when it's sold out, when it's, you know, loud, you know, pretty much from the time they come out for warm-ups. Um, I mean, Oklahoma State's interesting. The, the students get there as soon as they can, and then the rest of the people kind of file in. Student ticket holders kind of file in, like, probably about 10, 15 minutes before kickoff. And so I think that might even be more intimidating because you don't get to deal with that during warm-ups. You know, if you're out there during warm-ups, you're throwing your, you know, practicing your blocking, practicing, you know, tackles. And it's like, oh, the stadium's kind of a quarter of the way full. I'm getting used to that. And then, boom, when you go out for that opening drive – full it's loud as hell and it's just a, a very difficult environment so i wouldn't want to do it <laughs> i mean i've been i've been you know i uh you know uh, worked in the sec so you know i was, I was there and you know i've been to death valley i've been to auburn i've been to you know, uga and, and i think oklahoma state though it's smaller like i said it's more intimate it's more on top of you but it gets just as loud and i think it's just as difficult for opponents to deal with as some of those bigger um you know kind of you know more well-known stadiums and environments. Yeah, so we can kind of turn it ahead to keys for this matchup. So just some things Oklahoma State has to kind of hone in on uh, heading into this matchup. Obviously, you mentioned Bedlam next week. Like, has it been kind of like discussions of like, hey, we can't take this as a a look-ahead week? Obviously, they're riding the three-game win streak that they can't overlook the Cincinnati team as they head into the Bedlam rivalry next week. So Mike Gundy was asked about it uh, on Monday because um, obviously Oklahoma won Saturday as well uh, against UCF and kind of like, you know, you know, uh, last second uh, win. Um, and he was asked, you know, if he saw that game, and if, it, if it's gotten him excited for November 4th. And Gundy said, what's November 4th? He thought they were going to UCF. I don't know. Again, I don't know that sometimes Gundy says stuff that I think he's kind of playing with us. But um, it seems like Bedlam's not even on the picture right now. They're, they're really – the big thing this season has been taking, you know, game by game, week by week, which I know is a you know, cliche for football from high school all the way to the NFL. But, I mean, I think they're doing that, – that's been huge. I think that was um, – the game against South Alabama might have shown them that you can't take a game off. You know, that was against a group of five team and, and a team that came in and, and dominated them for four quarters. And then because they might have been looking to Iowa State the, the following week, at, you know, conference game. So, and they kind of learned their lesson if that was a mindset that they had, you know, a month or two ago. But, yeah, now that they're, they're, they're focused on Cincinnati. Um, you, you mentioned the keys to the game. And I think limiting those big plays, that's been dooming. Uh, that's been keeping these games closer than they should have been against Kansas. And against Kansas, they had five passing plays of 30-plus yards uh, mm-hmm. that all five went for touchdowns. And that really kept Kansas in the game. Because other than that, the Oklahoma State defense, did a fantastic job. You know, they stopped the run, which Kansas, you know, came in as one of the best running attacks in the country, and they completely shut that down. So then Jason B went to the air and had, you know, I think a 300, 400-yard game uh, against Oklahoma State. And similar thing happened last week in Morgantown where they, they did a good job stopping the run. They were slowing teams down. They were um, not, not you know, really just allowing those small screen passes. And then eventually they broke through and would allow a 30, 40 yard passing touchdown, um, pretty much wide open to the receiver. And I don't know if that's a, we, we've asked them, you know, is that a communication error? Is that a, 
you just got beat by a faster player? Is that you know, the line's not getting enough pressure? And it's a combination of all. You know, we talked about the, the youth of the of the secondary kind of getting beat out there, but uh, it's been a combination of all that. So they can limit those big plays. I mean, the defense, you know, is going to be very good. Um, and then offensively, it all goes through Ollie Gordon, a guy that, you know, has had 400-yard games in a row, back-to-back 200-plus-yard games. Um, I think the, the question now is, like, how do you use him and still keep everybody else – keep him fresh and keep him ready uh, to go as the game goes on, um, but also – realizing you have 10 other players on the field at the same time and you've got to get them the ball and you, you don't, you don't want to become just the one, one trick pony where, you know, if, if an opponent, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's Oklahoma, whether it's anybody in the country, if they shut down Ollie Gordon, you've got to find ways to create offense and score. Uh, so that, I think that's those are the two challenges for uh, Oklahoma state this Saturday. Yeah. we, you mentioned Ollie Gordon there, obviously he's been a guy who's been basically unstoppable the last five weeks or so in uh, college football. And then Scott Satterfield mentioned it yesterday when we were talking to him about how they have to find a way to get to the backfield and really hone in and stop the run because they saw what he was able to do in the tie game in the fourth quarter last week where he ripped off 145 yards and three touchdowns. How much of an impact do you think it will be to get him going with the defensive line of guys like Dante Corleone, Jerron Briggs, Malik Van, Eric Phillips, and a line that's so – experienced up front in the trenches there what's interesting about ollie is is we've asked you know i've asked him you know what makes him special and he's his versatility i mean he's he's been like against uh kansas he went for hundreds of many yards in the run game but he also went for hundreds of many yards in the passing game through screens through a wheel route so just if, if, if they are possible to shut him down or, or you know kind of limit you know the runs and the big runs especially He's just as effective in the passing game, whether whether coming out of the backfield or lining up in the slot. And same with you know with Brennan Presley, a player we talked about earlier, who can play both you know on jet. He can play out of the backfield, but he also is good for a deep ball or, or in a screen game. So um, I don't know if there is a way or an answer to fully shut down Ollie Gordon. Um, nobody's been able to do it yet, and that's kind of been uh, that was kind of uh, Mike Gundy's mindset going into West Virginia was we 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 want to make you stop him. Uh, and they didn't, and he went for 200 plus yards. So um, until someone shows that they can do it, I think the the mindset is they're going to keep giving him the ball uh, as long as he's healthy, as long as he feels good, and and, and he continues to ask for it. Um, whether that's going against uh, you know a defensive line that has experience that has talent, or it's against the defense that that is less less experienced. Yeah, and Westford or Oklahoma State's offensive line is so experienced up front. Obviously, you look down at the roster basically all seniors, redshirt seniors. Jason Brooks went down with an injury last week. Uh, Gundy kind of gave a little bit of an update on him, but overall, how big of a blow is that on that offensive line if Jason Brooks can't go this week? It is somewhat of a blow. Um, you know, they've really only been using six guys uh, on the offensive line due to injuries. And, like, you know, Gundy talked about how the first three or four games, they were kind of moving guys around, moving guys from left guard to left tackle or first versa. And I think the past three games, they've really had those five guys set. Uh, you have yet to play a full game where all five guys started and finished the game due to injuries and, and whatnot. So it is it is a blow because you're finally getting that offensive line that you wanted in preseason. I mean, like you said, these these are you know five retreat se- or four retreat seniors, and this is Brooks' second year, and he had two years at Vanderbilt. So his experience as well. You finally have those guys clicking. You've got the holes you want for Ollie Gordon. You've got time for Alan Bowman, and then take one of those guys out and replace them with you know somebody that 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 
is still has the experience, still knows what to do, and is still able to do so. Um, and like we said, you know, three of those touchdowns last week from Gordon came in the fourth quarter when Brooks was out of the game. So not only it's uh, it's not a season ender if he can't go this week, but I, I think he would still like to have that continuity of of and familiarity of having those same five guys uh, go for as long as you can. Um, I think is a key that that um, we'll see against Cincinnati and, and really prepping for the rest of the season. Cool. So, question: um, Do you make predictions? I, I haven't checked. Do okay. So, all right, I'll, I'll put you on the spot, man. You you can go with a rough score, but like, who do you, who? Um, what you got for Saturday? Give us some kind of give us some kind of score for the, the betters out there. <laughs> I like I like a. Uh, I know I know that they haven't done it much, but I mean, the, the offense looked really good last week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go 45-13. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State. I think they have another game of. of that offensive click, that offense clicking and being able to finish drives, being able to score um, while the defense gets things together. It might be a close game in the first quarter because it's been a close game in the first quarter all seven games this year. Uh, so I don't know why that would stop this week. Um, but I think this is finally the game where they break through and have, I mean, they're, they're, they're most comfortable win has been 14 points and that came last week uh, against West Virginia. I think they need a win where they, they're able to rest guys in the, in the fourth quarter. They're able to kind of get some of their younger guys in, um, by choice, not by, not by have to, you know, they, they so I, I think, I think 45, 13, um, get my guy, uh, Alex Hale, another field goal for his, uh, Luke Rosa campaign. Um, and, and, you know, go into, uh, go into bedlam six and two. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's not that bad. Um, vice versa, but, uh, <laughs> I hope it's not that bad. So fingers crossed on that one, but right. You're on a five game losing streak. You can't, I can't even argue on that one. So we'll see what happens. It's a road game. going to be pretty tough. Neil, do you have any more questions before we let, uh, before we let my man McLean, uh, tell, tell the Bearcat nation where to find his work. No, I think he nailed everything on the head. So we appreciate everything. Uh, he was able to provide with some great insight. For sure, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, tell, tell Bearcat nation, where they can find your work, um, your social media, whatever you want to pub right now. Yeah, so uh, all my work's at 24-7 Sports, and that's uh, gopokes247.com. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter, at McLean Baxley. Um, pretty straightforward. You know, no numbers, no spaces. McLean Baxley uh, on Twitter, where I tweet too much. Cool. I feel you. You lucky, man. Having the last name of Smith, I got to have underscores and all that fun stuff. So, shit, man, you should be you should be happy your last name is Baxley, <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure for everything carrots all that stuff pound signs everything's in my name <laughs> but uh nah man we greatly appreciate you coming on man we'll uh have to grab you for basketball too so um yeah i i, I greatly appreciate you taking your time man and hopefully your prediction is a little wrong uh, for the bearcat <laughs> people but if not man they know who to, uh who they got the information from and then they'll be uh Asking you probably for more information about Oklahoma State because you you are so spot on. All right, but uh, yeah, we appreciate you, man.